Thank you for tuning into Our Human Experience. Please take a moment and subscribe and leave a rating and review. This really helps to spread the wonderful conversations we bring to our listeners each week with more people. With love and deep gratitude, we truly thank you. Welcome to Our Human Experience, where we unpack the lessons, opportunities, and experiences that life offers us all. Join us as we share valuable insight, vulnerability, laughs, and tears from our lives and the lives of our guests. We know you will relate, find comfort, challenge, support, and ultimately value in the stories shared here. Settle in for a chat amongst friends as we explore our human experience. All right, everyone. Welcome back to our human experience. You're here today with Chad and Melissa. And today we're going to talk about something that Melissa has been pretty fired up about, I'd say, in the last like week or so, in, in particularly. So the idea is this concept of putting your oxygen mask on first, or taking care of yourself, self-care, and we're going to dive into this a little bit and exactly what has Melissa so energized and passionate <laughs> about it. Uh, but I'm going to let her give us a little bit more in-depth intro here as we start to dive into exactly what we're going to talk about today in terms of self-care. So, Melissa, what's on your mind? Let the people know. So, the, I guess the, the main reason I want to talk about this, I want people to walk away from this conversation, maybe with a little bit more awareness, maybe with some rec- recognition that self-care and taking care of yourself and prioritizing yourself is not or should not be viewed as self-indulgent or selfish. Mm-hmm. Um, we, you know, on the business side, when we have, you know, done intakes with new clients or prospective clients, it used to be about money. It used to be that they couldn't afford it. Mm-hmm. And while that is still an excuse we hear, um, it is more and more prevalent that we're hearing, I just don't have time for this. Yeah. And I, it really, <laughs> I don't want to come off as accusatory. I don't want this to come off as um, me blaming or anything like that. But I really, I have a really hard time wrapping my head around how people can, can just be okay with this. Yeah. How can, how, you know, you can take on extra hours at work or you can do that extra thing for your kids or do that extra thing for your spouse or your mother-in-law or whoever and really legitimately put yourself on the back burner yeah. and not, not think about how you're sleeping, how you're eating, how you're moving your body. And, you know, I, I'm sure we're going to dig into it, but a lot of, a lot of people have a lot of work to do. Um, so this this is viewed, I think the biggest barrier for people is that this is viewed as just more things on their to-do list. Sure. And the to-do list for most people these days is full. And I, I feel that. And I also don't understand how you can just lay on your back and be okay. Not, not ever prioritizing yourself. Sure. I, I mean, obviously I can, I can tell that this is something that, that kind of strikes you deeply. I know that you're coming from a place of 
being a mother of two young children, business owner, multiple hats within multiple businesses, caretaker for your husband, who's sometimes You're behaves like an more infant. Self-reliant. <laughs> I'm, I'm growing up into a real boy. Um, no, but you, you've been a, a source of stability, encouragement, guidance, and motivation for me as well. And so you do, I, I see you fulfilling all of these roles and doing well at all of them, despite the fact that it does take up a lot of your time and then still prioritizing your own personal health and well-being every day, 100% of the time? No, because that's unreasonable for any of us to do. But you and I will have conversations when you say, you know what, I please help hold me accountable, wake me up in the morning if I if I try to roll over and snooze the alarm mm-hmm. because I need to do X, Y, and Z in order to set myself up for success for the day. Or I need some time, you know, I need a few hours to just go work out, get my nails done, or go for a walk or something. Mm-hmm. You've gotten much, much better at asking for those things when you've kind of let them slip as part of your daily routine. So mm-hmm. I think you see, you see both the challenges that are presented to friends and family and clients and prospective clients that have this similar excuse. The reality is we all have the same 24 units in every day. Mm-hmm. So someone's ability to accomplish more or less we're all working with this we're starting with the same guidelines mm-hmm. parameters limitations in terms of our of our day and i would offer to people one of the biggest things that we have started to do with our coaching practices when we talk to people is step 1 is awareness so mm-hmm. anytime someone says i don't have time well let's just look at your schedule Let's not argue about it. Maybe you well, don't. I mean, I've come across people. A, good, are, a good friend of ours, Gino, who owns the, the Webster Veterinary Clinic, there was a point in time where him and I were talking about his schedule when he had just bought the yeah. new building and he was building the practice and renovating and doing And they had a new baby. There's all this stuff going on. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, you really don't have any time to drive. At the time, it was a discussion around him coming to our former gym. Facility, yeah. And it was him making the trip out there and, and getting there in time for a class and then and getting home. And I we looked at that, we talked about it, I'm like, you're one of the few people that legitimately doesn't have a lot of time. And it's not because yeah, he let's... was prioritizing Netflix or something right. else. Like he was building a business, raising a family, moving into a new house, new baby, and he still And he still put a gym in his basement. Correct. And did some coaching with us. Correct. And got it done. Yes. You know, and it didn't look perfect all the time. And I think that's a huge thing that I want to touch on in this conversation is that it might not look how you think it should or how you want it to look all the time. And that's okay. Being flexible is a huge piece of this. Right? Yeah. Um so he's a really great example. He's the first person that popped into my mind who who I was like, who is someone who said they didn't have time and I was like, you are 100% right. You really don't. I also see people that say they don't have time and then they post 17 times on Instagram and answer every one of our stories. You know? So it's like, well, you just spent 20 minutes. Which we appreciate. (laughs) Sure. Or whoever's stories. But like, you just spent 20 minutes doing that. You could have done a badass dumbbell workout in your living room for 20 minutes or meditated or meditated or or, or, or journal your food for yeah. the night i mean yeah. you know those pick, pick things those pick. things add up yeah 
And I think that people, you know, there's, there's many different things happening in my brain right now, but I think that people want it to look a certain way. So they think it needs to be perfect or not at all. Right. I, I fell into that for yeah. a very long time. If it didn't fit exactly how I had perceived it should fit, and I mm -hmm. still do with certain things. Yeah. If it doesn't fit exactly what my mind's plan or vision was, then, and then why fucking do it if right. I can't have it be exactly how... Right. And that, that really is... It's it's a mindset that is destined to fail because yeah. life will throw curveballs. Things will change. Your priorities will shift. Yeah. Something will happen with your schedule. You have to have some flexibility to it. you got to be pliable. Yeah. Bend, don't and break. We, we've talked about our habit, like how we've been tracking our habits in multiple podcasts prior to this one. But, you know, looking at are you being too rigid with your goals? Is it, you know, I need to go to the gym and work out for 60 minutes? Or is it I'm going to move my body today? Yep. And sometimes move your body might mean take a 10-minute walk with your kids and your dog. Or dance party. Yeah. You know? It, it it really needs to be come down to consistency with stuff like that um, so that it you don't get stuck in that kind of perfection trap, I think. Yeah. Um, so before we go yeah. too much farther, because I think we kind of dove right into strategies to address this mm -hmm. versus let's start it, start, let's backpedal a little bit and start with the mindset around why it's valuable to take care of yourself. And a lot of it sounds cliche, I think, to to many people, even to me, when I say it, and until you start to really internalize it and know it. And so this idea that you have you have one body, you have this meat sack, this this physical real estate, this is what you get for this lifetime. Mm -hmm. Right? So whether you take care of it or not, that's going to dictate how well it treats you. It's just yeah. like a car, right? If you change the oil and you put gas in it and you clean it and you get the regular maintenance done, yeah. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It will run better for longer, yeah. more I just enjoyably. Saw, I just saw a post. I don't know if it was Mike Ban or it was someone that we follow and it was relating your body to your car. And it's they, so, they it's talked, one of the best enough, but they, like, but they talk, you talked about all of those things that you just touched on, like how you would take care of your car. Oh, it was, I think it was about warming up actually, mm. but Either way, it was about, like, if you don't take care of your car, you can turn it in in five years when your lease, lease is up. Sure as fuck right? can't and do that with your body. And you can get a brand new one, right? Like, you Not know, yet. And, now, and now, you know, your medical bills are, are high because you're trying to do that with your body. You're trying to, yeah. you know, figure it out. So, yeah, I think that, I don't know, we, I run into it more with parents because that's mainly who I work with. Um, on the coaching side, but I hear it from everybody sure. that they're prioritizing their jobs. They're prioritizing things for other people. Um, they're prioritizing things like their dogs, dogs, like, um, you know, spending more time on social media or doing other things. And it just, it really, it, it hurt. It hurts me. And like, I literally said to one woman, you know, this hurts my heart to listen to you say this legitimately. Yeah. I knew her for like three weeks wasn't someone that I truly cared about yet, yeah. you know, and I had her verbalize. I said, I need you to say out loud so I understand and you also understand what you're saying, how I'm hearing it, that your job, it was specifically about her job, your job is more important than your health. And she said, that's how it has to be right now. Mm. I said, 
Which that but state, it doesn't. Yeah, you that know, statement like, alone gives you some insight right? into... And she, and she verbalized it. She said, she said, my job is more important than my health right now. However, if you pick that statement apart, she didn't actually accept responsibility. Nope. The difference nope. would have been if she said, to me, right now, my job is more important than my health. That's a very different statement than this is how it has to be. Her statement was based in victimhood. Yes. I am at the mercy of my job, and this is what my job demands of me right now, so this is what has to be. The other one, the other statement, the reverse of saying, I'm choosing to prioritize my work over my health right now. Maybe you're going, that's someone who's going to medical school or they're like they're building a business or they're doing something where mm-hmm. they at least understand that right this now. This is not good for them. There's a, they're making yeah. a sacrifice to do something mm-hmm. else and it's a, it's a conscious, intentional decision on their part that yes. they're controlling. Yeah. Very different scenarios. Which comes scenarios. back to that awareness piece, which comes back to just being Present and aware. Correct. With everything that's happening in your life. And, and the recognizing that you can control that and mm-hmm. you can make that choice versus you are at the mercy of whatever's coming from the exterior, whether that's right. job or relationship, or it doesn't really matter. So I think fundamentally we we all need to, and this is something that we've worked on, and I, it, I believe like many other things, it will just be an evolution forever that to, to quote, Kurt uh, Bernardzik, where he says, I hope to get to an intermediate level and then take intermediate steps for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. And that's basically what we're looking at with most things. And so this understanding of by taking care of my physical, social, spiritual, psychological health, my emotional health, all of those things, by taking care of those things, I am a better employee, husband, father, friend, all coworker, all of those things. I'm better at all the things that I need to show up to because I gave a shit about myself. And here's the worst part about this is a lack of understanding that the opposite is also true. So it's not, it's not as though you don't choose to prioritize your health and you just stay kind of mediocre. You actually get worse. Right. So now the divide between getting better, if you can, obviously you guys are listening, if you can visualize, you know, a, a horizontal line being kind of status quo where you're not getting better or worse, a diverging line where you're taking better care of yourself and you then show up better in all these areas. So that's ascending. Right. As you don't prioritize those things and you take less and less care of yourself, the, that line's going to decline, the third line. So now you're going to create an even bigger gap. Well, it's and- not from horizontal baseline up you know, that I lost that much, you've lost double that because right. you've, you're getting worse than you were before because you're not prioritizing that. And I think that's something that people are not I don't necessarily think, thinking I about. I don't think people think about that at all. No. Right? It's, and I think they also don't understand like, okay, I'm just going to do this. This is how it is right now. And I'm just going to do this for the next two years, right? Or whatever. And then when they decide, all of a sudden they want to think about themselves again. They try, they're like, well, I should probably go to a gym. I gained 40 pounds in two years, right? That's a lot bigger of a hole to dig yourself out of, you know, than if you just figured out how to be consistent in a flexible way for the two years that your life was crazy or what. So, 
Yeah, and let's and let's be honest. When we say people, they, it's us too, mm-hmm. right? It's things that we've struggled with. It's things that it's mindsets yeah. and patterns of behavior that we've trapped ourselves in and then had to work out of. You know, and some of those things were more difficult than others to to manage. But the point is, is that it's it's basic. It's somewhat of a universal truth mm-hmm. that to some degree we all struggle with this concept of needing to take care of ourselves and not not committing to the external above ourselves and understanding that by doing that you said in the beginning that it's not a selfish act to take care of yourself it's not it's oftentimes results in being selfless there's uh, i've been listening to uh the the newer jordan peterson book beyond order and he referenced it a couple times in there and i really like this where he points out that Selfish acts, truly selfish acts, in and of themselves, are ultimately not selfish in the long run. People who are selfish and they don't care for the others around them, they're true, like truly selfish acts, it doesn't work out for them. So it's, they're actually hurting themselves mm-hmm. in the long run. Even though short, short term, they might be making some sort of self, you know, they throw someone under the bus at work or they do right. whatever the thing is that they do. Right, they take this selfish action, and it actually hurts them and possibly other people right. along the way on a long enough timeline. Yeah. Right, versus taking care of one's self, placing responsibility on oneself, and then fulfilling those actions, those expectations, whatever mm-hmm. they might be. Yeah. Right, within a, a flexible parameter, so that you can make it work in your life. That instead of becoming selfish, you are feeding yourself and thereby feeding the world around you in long term yeah. it ends up being a selfless selfless act right love it. yeah I and love it. and to your point you and i were stuck in these things as it pertained to physical training at various points in our life and with nutrition and, and, and lots of other things meditation journaling uh this idea that exercise or mindfulness or stress relief that it can only live in this one narrow lane Mm-hmm. That there's one way to do it. Yeah. I mean, I have friends that are deeply spiritual and intellectual, and they don't like to sit and meditate. It doesn't work yeah. well for them, but they found options of areas where they can find peace and mindfulness and mm-hmm. presence in the moment, which is really what you're... I, ha- I mean, I have a lot of clients that combine movement with meditation. So 100%. going on a silent hike in the woods yeah. or... Doing some, you know, yoga flows or something like that and working on breathing yeah. and being mindful. So, um, so step number one is to start to really sit with yourself and really recognize that this is and must be a priority to take care of yourself yeah. in whatever way that that means. And to your point, there's people in our lives, whether they're friends, family, uh, co-workers, clients, prospective clients that have come in, that some people... Maybe need need one or two areas that that could they could benefit from some um, some focused attention, mm-hmm. and there's some opportunity to improve, like to a large degree in those areas. And then there's some people that have a large opportunity for improvement across all every spectrum of wellness that mm-hmm. you can imagine. And there's a spectrum there in between sure. everyone. So we all have something that we could be working on, and what that means, who knows? It might mean twenty less minutes of Netflix at night. And preparing yourself for the day to come, the next day. Right. And that might be the one thing that you do, right? I 
I'm about halfway through um, Dr. LaPera's book, How to Do the Work, and she shares a story in there about one of her clients, I believe her name was Allie, who, I, I don't want to mess the whole story up, but she had, she was diagnosed with MS, and then she had a really negative reaction to medication that she was on, and all of these things, so it, it put her life in a really, really tough spot, mm -hmm. and she was basically at, at her wit's end, and she started to shift her life around by choosing one really simple action that she felt would benefit her health, yeah. her overall health, and did it every day. And then after a month, added another, another action. That first action was drinking one glass of water every morning. Yeah. And if you, like, read, I'm not going like, to go into the whole thing, but you read her whole story, it's fucking incredible. Right? She, she's, her symptoms of MF, MS have been in remission for yeah. over a year now. She is a yoga instructor. She's, like, doing all these things. She couldn't mm -hmm. get off her fucking couch at yeah. her parents' house. So there's... I mean, that's an, that's an Atomic Habits foundational thing is one thing at a time one thing at a yes. time and it just it goes back to i think too many people think that adding these things in is just too cumbersome so they freeze they don't do anything yeah right so i mean that's that's really cool and the reality is is especially at first it will require some degree of discipline if you haven't been doing whatever it is sure. if it's daily reading or daily movement or whatever um you know whatever you may be looking to to include to improve your health, it's going to take some discipline yeah. and effort at first, right? And the reality should be similar to the conversations that you and I had around parenting before actually becoming parents were, you know, here are our priorities and the things we want to do with our kids. Let's make sure we do them like 85 to 90% of the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Most of the time, this is what we do. Then they're going to be pretty okay humans. Understand yeah. that there's no way you're going to do it 100% of right. the time. And that's not to set yourself up for an out to not be effective and to not no. continue to do the habit. But that is to say, wow, I didn't feel great and I had I was doing this thing at night for my nightly routine and I, I just passed out and I, you right. know, uh, now instead of derailing and saying, well, fuck it, why even bother the next day? No, it's just like, okay, that was one day, but I went 10 days in a row doing it. Yeah. So let's just start I that think, streak Yeah, again. and I think that the nicest thing about adding in one simple thing at first is that a lot of people, I think, struggle with trusting themselves. Absolutely. And keeping promises to themselves. So if you could wake up and drink one glass of water every day. First thing before you do you anything know, else. Then you have proven to yourself, and it may seem insignificant when you're doing it, but it's not. Because you're priming your, your brain to recognize, oh, we keep promises. Mm-hmm. That we, you know, to ourselves. So that will lead to bigger things. It will lead to exercising more. It will lead to, you know, having that uncomfortable conversation with your boss at work. It will eat, it, it, and, it's, and it's silly because I think most people don't wrap their head around, like, how is one glass of water in the morning going to, you know, fucking change my life? That's stupid. Yeah. Right? And it does. It will. And whether it's drinking water or getting up five minutes earlier and doing, you know, five sun salutations on the side of your bed or meditating or whatever that is, it does, those things make a difference. They mm -hmm. do. They just do. Um, yeah, there's an accumulation of, of interest that grows as you get, I mean, you guys can Google it. There's uh, all sorts of beautiful graphs out there about 1% improvement. Mm -hmm. And it, it becomes this 
steep curve upward over time because just getting 1% better at something every day, yeah. it doesn't seem like a lot, but all of a sudden it, it's magnifying at an exponential rate. Uh, and, and similarly, I believe, I hope I don't mess this up, I believe his name was Admiral McRaven that wrote the, um, or the, he wrote the book Make Your Bed, Make your bed. and he gave yeah. this, that speech at, a, I believe it was a Texas um, college graduation. But it, this idea of getting up, again, one simple step, if you accomplish that one thing every day, if you make your bed, and here's the deal, guys, I'm someone who grew up being like, why the fuck would I make my bed? I get back into it. The only thing I do in this bed is mess it up. Right. Why would I make it in the morning? It's a waste of my time. Right? I, I was staunchly, I used to say that out loud <laughs> to other people and myself. I'm like, why the fuck would I make my bed? Like, I just, I get in it, mess it up. Right? I'm not showing my house off to anyone. I don't care. Right? And this was, but by doing that, there's this act of, wow, I've done this one thing that well, I committed just, to. And even just that statement, let's back up a second. I'm not showing my house off to anyone who gives a shit. Means. Means that the external means more than I do. Right. It doesn't matter to me or it did, if least. my bed, you know, if my environment looks a certain way mm-hmm. or feels a certain way. Right? Excellent, excellent catch. That, and that was the way yeah. I thought, that, that it didn't really matter. And in, again, not to go down too deep, but it, it can reflect your value of yourself, your self-worth. And how, it doesn't matter. I think matter. it's 100% correlated. No one's, no think, one's yeah. looking at this thing, so why the fuck does it matter? I don't care. Right. I don't have enough respect for myself to keep my house in order, to keep my my. I mean, I had a recent a recent consult with, with a client, and she loves coffee. Her husband doesn't drink coffee, mm-hmm. so now she doesn't drink coffee. She didn't evaluate and say, I'm drinking too much caffeine, or I'm spending too much money at Starbucks. She didn't evaluate her life. She just made a choice based on someone else. Like, yeah. it's just, there's, like, human behavior is just so, interesting. it's fascinating, it's interesting, and it, it sometimes makes me really sad. <laughs> it just does. You know, yeah. that people don't, don't take the time to prioritize themselves. Um, I, I also want to touch on something that I work specifically with the women in my longer courses, is that self-care doesn't need to look a certain way, either. Mm-hmm. So while we talk about habits looking a certain way, self-care also doesn't need to look a certain way. So I think that a lot of people, especially parents or moms, women I work with, are like, well, I don't have time or money to go to a spa. Mm. I, don't, I, I don't have anybody to watch my baby. Self-care equals spa day. <laughs> yeah, equals this elaborate, glamorous, expensive, time-consuming thing, right? And... You know, one of the women that went through my program, she talked about that she recognized that self-care was sitting on her couch, drinking a cup of tea, watching her husband play music with her daughter, with their daughter. Yeah. You know, and it's like, how awesome is that? This, you know, whatever you spent on the tea and then everything else is free. You know, being able to recognize these small little moments that are filling your bucket. Right? Our daughter just read a book at school about filling buckets. And I think people are so concerned about filling other people's buckets, which is, which is great. And but, appearing that their bucket's full without actually filling it. Well, yeah. I mean, and really, like, you need, you cannot fill people's buckets if your bucket is empty. That's right. Right? Again, whenever, it sounds you know, cliche, million, but... It does. And you know what? I think a lot of people, 
brush it off and they, because there's so many, you know, woo-woo or, you know, shitty motivational quotes that are like, self-care this and fill your bucket this, you know? And it's, and when you break it apart, it shouldn't be like that. It shouldn't be something that is easily brushed off. Well, and I think that also comes back to the quotes themselves, the words, they're, they're not shitty, but we start to devalue them because we see them more often. So they're, they're less novel to us. So we say, I mean, oh, I've seen that same thing 30 times. Well, and because me. we're not promising to ourselves, and then keeping that promise by fulfilling that thing. We haven't actually touched it. So we haven't, we, we haven't felt that, like, right. whatever that motivational quote talks about, we haven't felt it in ourselves or seen it or really touched it in our lives. So we look at it like, oh, it's a, it's a bullshit cliche thing. And like, cliche doesn't necessarily mean false. In fact, it rarely does. Mm -hmm. It it oftentimes just means this is such a fundamental truth or understanding that we all know it. Mm -hmm. But most of us don't abide by it. Right. And that's what starts to make it cliche for people is yeah. that we know it somewhere inside of us where we're, we see that quote or yeah. we hear that saying or we read that page in a book and we're reminded of it. We relearn it. We remember this this mm -hmm. idea and we also recognize that we don't live by it or hold ourselves accountable. Right. So then we, we put this label of cliche on it or woo-woo or whatever. Like, oh, that's all fucking nonsense mm -hmm. because in our reality, we don't do it. And unfortunately, our... Our minds are predisposed to negativity bias. We are hardwired to recognize the negative mm -hmm. and prioritize that over the positive. It's why you hear sayings like, you know, a thousand good deeds undone by one bad deed. Mm -hmm. And it's true. We all see it. When yeah. we look for a rating on something, we, we look, review, a, we, we want to go to a restaurant or something. Like, Let's look at the bad reviews first. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's... And it's, it's or a it's human... like, I just read five, but oh, there is this bad one. Yeah. It must not be good. Right? right? As and opposed to like, what? Why it's does a human that person... nature. It's yeah. human nature yeah. to do that. And it's a survival instinct that served us for a very long time. Mm -hmm. Right? And, and it's embedded in, in who we are. And so we recognize those, those sort of things. And we see those statements as like, oh, yeah, take care of yourself, self-care. And to your point, then we start to categorize it maybe because of marketing you see commercials like take care of yourself girl and it's all like like you said they're going I'm to the salon right. and they're shopping and they're like look at i just spent fucking seven thousand dollars today <laughs> taking care of myself I'm like well there's a lot of other ways outside of consumerism right to take care of yourself and arguably much better ways mm -hmm. right that, that actually leave you long term feeling better the difference is you don't get that oftentimes you don't get that immediate especially when it's a new habit that immediate dopamine hit and that immediate feeling of, right. of like, ooh, I got this thing, right? right? You know, sitting and medit <clears throat> meditating for 10, 15, 20 minutes in the morning before your day starts, until you've done that for a while, you don't start to recognize its value. And even then, you oftentimes don't recognize it until it's not there, right? So you're doing it and then you for whatever reason, you skip a few days or you're traveling or there's something weird going on in the house and you miss it and you're like, holy shit, I missed that thing. Now I recognize right. how valuable it was to me. And it's it's part of the hand that we're dealt as human beings is yeah. that we have some, some weird idiosyncrasies that we have to overcome in terms of our mindset 
and in terms of our behaviors. And that's where it comes back to, we mention it all the time, awareness and intention around those things. Do you really not have time? And if that is the case, if you truly don't have time, right? Because I would not, and I'm sure you would agree with this, I wouldn't encourage someone who has 18 hours of commitment a day to then try and sneak in a 30-minute workout and and decrease an already low amount of sleep, right? You're already only allotting yourself six hours to sleep. I'm not going to ask you to work out for 30 minutes and get less sleep. I'd rather see you get more sleep. So then my question is, if you truly are that busy, are there areas of omission? Are there areas that you can start to look through? And you mentioned things like social media or, you know, TV watching, Netflix, whatever. And those are usually, that's low-hanging fruit, Mm -hmm. right? And it's not even that I'm anti any of those things. Watch a Netflix show. Watch watch a movie. Fucking look at shit on social media, whatever. But understand that you're committing time and energy and effort to that. So if you're also saying, I don't have time to go for a walk outside or to cook mm-hmm. my own food or no, to the, the language needs to change to I'm not prioritizing those things. Correct. Yeah. And it's not about making you feel guilty about it. It is about bringing awareness. And the interesting thing about it is if you can do it in that in that sense. If you can do it in the sense of simply bringing awareness to what you're doing, you'll start to make better decisions. Well, and yeah, it's kind because of the first weird. one the first one is that victim mentality. It's, I don't have time. I just, I want to do this, but I can't. I just, I don't have time. Yeah. So there's no point in even trying because where am I even going to fit it in? As opposed to, I'm not, I would rather, or I'm prioritizing sitting on my phone for 30 minutes as opposed to moving my body. Yeah. Then you start to, every time you pick up your phone, you're like, well, maybe I should Should move a little bit. Maybe I should do 15 and 15. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I agree that it it does help you to start to make some better choices. Yeah, and so I I think that's that's a huge thing to recognize. As you bring that awareness to your day, if you truly are a very busy person, a lot of responsibilities, you know, and some of those things you're obligated to do, especially when you're talking about parenthood or if you're working a bunch of jobs to pay your bills and you need, there's there's things that you have to do, right? I think you, you told me a while ago about uh, someone putting up a funny post that said, if one more 25-year-old living at home talks to me about setting up my three-and-a-half-hour morning ritual, <laughs> you know, it just basically pointing it out that like, you're getting, like, advice. With, yeah. with, no, with no kids. No kids lives at home. Rest, and then, <laughs> routine in the morning. <laughs> yeah. And, and, there's, and that's funny because it's true. Some of us have some more bandwidth to create extensive morning routines. Sure. It, but that doesn't mean you don't need that. You, you don't well, need three things, hours are, of, of right. that to, to fill your morning. And are the things if you you're don't filling have your time with valuable? Do, are they meaningful? And are they something you want to be doing? You know, if you spend 30 years working your ass off and not taking care of yourself, when it's time to not work anymore, you're not going to be able to do anything. Like, well, and you know, you'll like, have a, what you'll kind have of a life are you going to have? You know, when you're 60, 70 years old. Sure. And I would imagine that that, for many people, creates a pattern of behavior, too, where you've spent so much time, and we've seen this many times over the years with clients, uh, especially working with people one-on-one, is an inability 
to sit with themselves in silence. I mean, I, I mean, you know, I would talk to you all the time about it. I would have clients who had really, really hard times when I would prescribe them something like, go for a walk in the woods for 30 to 60 minutes or longer, whatever. No phone, no music, no other people. Mm-hmm. That oftentimes would be one of the hardest things that someone might, they, I would get those those comments and those replies back on that sort of stuff, that was really difficult for me. Or here's my pace that I walked at. I went this distance and it, like sort of tracking it right. on the Fitbit. Yep. No, no, no. Put all that shit aside. Time for you to just be, just yeah. settle, breathe, yeah. think, let your mind wander. At first, yeah. if you don't do that, I'm here to tell you, because I have a crazy mind that goes non-fucking-stop, the first couple times that you start to do that will feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And your mind will likely go places that you don't want it to go. It'll wander, and it'll be... It's it's an odd feeling. But I, I promise you, the more you exercise that muscle, the more you give yourself that space, it becomes not only easier and easier, but more valuable, mm-hmm. more productive clearer more enjoyable Mm -hmm. there's it it just improves overall and it takes a little bit of time to get Mm -hmm. there and a little bit of effort to get there right and those sort of things are really really valuable and to your point if you're creating a pattern that's the opposite of that and you're setting yourself up to just work 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 always be at someone's beckoning call whether it's your family your friends your Mm -hmm. job a combination of those things mm-hmm. when the time comes for you to settle down that's why you hear often hear about people who you know I, I don't know he was in perfect health and he worked for 47 years and then retired and died a week later like that kind of story of someone who yeah, just his body went into shock <laughs> well, or because you just you've never yeah. been able to assign purpose outside of anything other than keeping yourself busy yeah. so now when you're not busy your health starts to decline and or catch up with you, yeah. right, that you've been putting off for so long. And, and so it's, what are you doing? You're putting all this money, time, and effort and energy into your retirement or your golden years years that you're squandering, right. that you're, you're creating a, a, a later stage in life right. where you won't be able to do a lot of those things. I mean, your parents are such wonderful examples of people who can really for the most part enjoy their yeah. their retirement as they see fit mm-hmm. and a lot of their peers can't right they talk about it frequently that you know they they'll meet with family and friends that are you know of the same age and they're retiring as well or, or very close to it and they have chronic health issues and they're stressed out they're tired all the time they don't mm-hmm. do and it's you know, I'm proud of your parents that yeah, they are able to do absolutely. the things that they're able to do. And they're an anomaly. Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> they're an anomaly yeah. amongst their peers. They're yeah. of, of a small percentage of people, especially in the Northeast and on the East Coast. When we lived on the West Coast, I think I, I honestly believe that that percentage has shifted. That mm-hmm. there's people who are in later stages of their lives that are generally more active, they're out there doing things, they're enjoying their I mean, life more. It's a that, different mentality. I also think it's the weather. I think, sun, you know, <laughs> yeah. sunshine and being warmer, like, you know, I don't know. I There are days where I'm like, I just don't feel like being cold. 
so I'm not <laughs> sure. going to go take a walk, you know? Yeah. So I would imagine as a 70-year-old person, like, that kicks up a little bit. But... Just start getting in the cold water, guys, and then you'll be fine. Yeah. Um, so just to put us back on track here. So we're talking about let's get the first thing that we want everyone to recognize is this mindset around taking care of yourself that it is important and that that ultimately serves the people that you care about around you and it serves the future you mm-hmm. right the better yes. you take care of yourself you're helping johnny down the road 10 years right. or susie or whatever your name is um you're helping them you're helping yourself in the future and you're also helping the people that you care for people that you engage with your you know, you're helping your job, your work, your the company you work for, your coworkers, et yeah. cetera, et cetera. So that help, it makes you feel better to show up for all those things. So getting your mind into the state of I have this is not a a request. This is not an option to not take care of myself. I have to find ways to implement self care. Now, exactly how you do it, there are so many options. Sure. Sure. So many options, right? So that's the second piece that we talked a lot about, which was don't create this narrow lane of options where the only way for self-care is an hour of meditation a day and uh, going on some sort of girls retreat weekend to a spa every Saturday and working out for 90 minutes. I mean, you start adding all these things in and you, how, how can you afford it? Not only financially, but, but also with time, but, with time yeah. and energy, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it's real easy for people to look at finances as, as that first thing, and then time is the second. But the energy, the mental effort that you put into scheduling those things and remembering those and, and having to organize it, that's taxing as well. Sure. And that's something that we oftentimes, I mean, I've literally never heard people use that as a reason to do or not do something yeah. in, in terms of coaching. Like, oh, I just don't want to put this much energy into it. It's all almost always money and time, right? I mean, and, but... I... I don't, they've never phrased it like that, but I think that's rolled into the time. Absolutely. I think that but I, in the back of their mind, they're like... Splitting it off, I, though? I, I, don't, I don't have enough time, and I don't know if I want to put this much time in. Yeah. To get to get what I say I want this, but I don't want, I want it to be Separating those, though? Yeah. I, I agree. Yes. I mean, because time and money are representations of energy. Mm-hmm. They are. Not separating those out into distinct categories, I think you lose something in your awareness, right? Because there's going to be times when, as you pointed out before with one of your clients, sitting and drinking tea and watching your husband play music with your daughter requires no additional funds other than the whatever 10 cents it costs to get that tea bag in your teacup, right? And it's time you're already living you're already there at your home so there's no additional time Mm -hmm. what it does require is for you to bring a little bit of focus and energy to the present moment and and gratitude and appreciate it and choose to do something in that choose to do that thing in that moment right instead of saying like you guys go play and have fun together i'm gonna go cook or something i'm gonna go clean the kitchen i'm gonna mop the floors i'm gonna take the dog you know like and that's exactly what i'm talking about so in in an example like that there is a difference There, there is energy expended in creating presence in that moment even though time and money are really not considerations that you have to make because you're there one way or another yeah right so i think 
I think splitting those off is important and understanding your investment. So this idea of taking care of yourself because it will serve the future you and people around you, this idea that it's not an option, it is a mandatory priority for you to take care of yourself. If you don't, it will come back. Mm-hmm. It will come back to you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, and then understanding that those there's so many options out there that you can invest your time, money, and energy into. That it doesn't have to be this narrow lane of, of options that are on the table. I think when we move from there, then the next thing that we talked about was it's not always about addition. And I think that's where a lot of people uh-huh. get yeah. really hung up, right? They're like, I'm so, I have all these things on my plate right now. I can't add another thing. But I've heard right. you say this to clients um, using the example of food where you point out you are eating, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, and and the and the response is well, yes, of course I'm eating, and so you're saying, I'm not asking you to do additional eating. I'm asking you to be a bit more conscious about coming what back to the awareness, right? Right, that, right. Still eat, still do the same thing you're doing. We can even create strategies around how it will not add any more time or money to the equation. It's just something different. You're just going to put something different in your mouth, right? Same thing with sleep. You know, you're already going to sleep. Let's just refine what that looks like and make it more yes. optimal. Yes. So it it doesn't always have to be addition, although oftentimes it, it will mm-hmm. include some addition of habits and behaviors. Or just readjustment of them. Correct. Uh, so it can include addition of, of habits. So if you've never meditated before and you're adding meditation, that's addition, right? If you're presumably already eating and sleeping... We're talking about adapting those behaviors a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then if you are spending a lot of time on something that doesn't serve you, whatever that might be. And I know we beat up on Netflix and social media because it's just, it's fucking low hanging fruit. and It's easy to point sure. out, but there could certainly be other things that you invest your time. Maybe you have a, a semi-toxic relationship with your siblings and you talk shit about each other and you, you're on the phone every day for an hour at least with various siblings arguing or talking mm-hmm. like whatever maybe that you're spending a lot of time doing something like that like let's let's talk about omitting yeah. that like, yeah you know so there's things that you can add there's things that you can revisit and tweak a little bit and adjust in terms of your lifestyle and your habit and then there's things that you can omit and all working in those three areas yeah you can create enough space to start to improve your health and the benefit is when you have someone that has maybe a lot of areas of opportunity to improve their overall health and well-being, just close your eyes and throw a fucking dart, mm-hmm. right? It, it, yeah. It's it's like when you watch, you know, one of those crazy shows like My 600-Pound Life, and they're like, oh, they lost 150 pounds by flapping their arms, <laughs> you know? You got so much, so many things that you could improve that yeah. what it requires for you to move the needle X amount is less than what it would take for someone else who is, you know, and if strength training is a really easy one to, to relate that to. You know, someone comes in, they start strength training for the first time. Gains, yeah. yeah, they get really strong right away. For someone who's been strength training diligently for 15 years, they're not going to get that same level of right. improvement, right? right? It's just not what's going to happen. So it's kind of a, it's kind of a silver lining to not having taken care of yourself is mm-hmm. that you can ultimately pick a couple real little things yep. to start to adjust and they can have profound impact 
The downside to having not prioritized self-care for so long is that it's going to require more discipline for you to stick to it, right? I mean, I think a great example might be drinking soda. So you and I exercise absolutely zero discipline to not have soda in our house right. and to not drink soda. It's just it's just not something we even think about. Right. You know, I'm often like, get me out of this gigantic soda aisle. Where are the things that I need as I'm walking around the store, you know? Whereas someone else that drinks half a dozen Cokes a day or something like that, that's going to be something that they have to put effort into if they're looking to change that behavior, okay, yeah. right? So just recognizing those sort of things and how how you can shift, but understanding that if you have a lot of areas to improve, that you can probably just pick whichever one you feel like you'll be the most successful with and start there. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. And just and just do it and know yeah. that if you do that, drink that one glass of water every morning mm-hmm. for a month, it's going to move the needle a little bit. Yeah. If you go to bed 10 minutes earlier or you turn screens off 10 minutes earlier than you normally mm-hmm. would, that's going to start to move the yeah, needle. Yeah, absolutely. Right? I think something else we should add to that list is is delegating, too. So even if it's something you enjoy doing, but it just takes up time, like mowing your lawn, right? You could delegate that out and hire that someone felt else. like a targeted... No, <laughs> no, no but take, you know, f- because that hour you take mowing your lawn, or three hours you take mowing your lawn, um, <laughs> could result in you having time to do something else. Yeah. Um, Another big piece I think is something I've struggled with for a long time is, and still have, you know, pings of it here and there is asking people for help and accepting the help. Yeah. Right. So in a conversation with a client last week and, you know, she asked her sister-in-law, her husband was busy. She asked her sister-in-law to watch her baby while she could work out for an hour. And she felt like that was indulgent or unnecessary that he would probably just sit there and she'd be able to entertain him while, but she really just wanted that hour to herself. And her sister-in-law said, sure, drop him off. And she did. And she ended up working out, which was great, but there was still that little thought of like, I shouldn't do this. I shouldn't be doing this. This is silly. Right. And we really need to get past that idea that if someone says yes, accept it. Let them say yes. Right. You know, if they don't want to, if they truly don't want to do it, they should say no. You well, know, and so I, like, and, and think about how many times you say yes to doing something to help someone out and it, and you enjoy it. It makes you feel good. Like, sure. you're like, oh, I like, we like to help each other. So oftentimes the people who really love to help other people also really dislike asking other people for help, which is an, an odd thing. It's such so odd. It's like you're keeping, yeah. you're like, it's like you're keeping this, um, this good feeling to yourself like you're being selfish like what if that person feels great when they help you out what if they love hanging out with their niece or nephew what if they love helping you with this project around the house or they you know what if they love sending what if they love sending their son over to mow your lawn because it teaches him responsibility and allows him to make a little bit of money etc etc but you're by it's such a weird anomaly that we see people who are oftentimes very giving of, the, of themselves, yeah. not willing it's, it's to true. be yeah. receiving of favors, gifts, whatever, from other people, yeah. assistance. Um, so it, it's a really interesting thing to point out. And yeah. 
Yeah, and I, and I think obviously those are kind of specific ways of omitting, and I'm glad you pointed that out because I think initially we would view omission as, well, just, just get off social media, okay, take that thing off. But right. delegating tasks and asking for help are yeah. other ways of omitting certain things. So the, the example you gave about your client, I mean, we have two little girls, and you and I both know very well that trying to do a workout with them it's pretty impossible at this point. It, you just can't, yeah. right? Unless you're, it's a fun family. You're disrupted. Like we're all we together. play and move together, and then it's great. But if you have something that you want to be like focused on right. and do, you really just can't do that. You're yeah. distracted. Even if the kids are being great. Sure. You're still going to look over. Oh, look at them play. They're playing so cute together. You see them doing something adorable, yeah. or you see them punching each other in the face, or <laughs> whatever it is that they're doing yeah. at the moment. And you're going to be pulled out of that thing that you're doing for yourself. And now you start to feel guilty about this self-care, whether it's exercise or meditation or journaling or whatever the thing is that you're doing. And now you're associating that behavior with feeling guilty. Yeah. So you're less likely to fulfill it. So that's a huge one for parents is get the, ask your spouse or your partner, ask friends or family to watch the kid and go fucking do something on your own. Yeah. I think having those conversations is huge. I know for us, and I don't know if this is like a male-female thing or it's just our personalities, but you seem to do a better job of of just taking that time and not in a, like a excessive way or anything like that, but I feel like I have a harder time than you um, of taking, you do. taking that time. And I've gotten a lot more comfortable with saying... You know, and it's not that you're not willing. It's just you just assume that I'm going to take it the way you do, and then I don't end up taking it. Yeah. Right. So making sure to have those conversations and saying like, "Hey, can I have an hour on Saturday morning? Is that cool before we go about our day or before you yeah. get your workout in? Can I do mine?" Or, um, and yeah, having those conversations and understanding if that's kind of the dynamic that you're finding um, as parents or spouses making sure that those things are being said and not just assumed. Yeah, I, I mean, huge. that's, and I'm glad you brought that up because you did, you mentioned something earlier about um, communicating, you know, what what you needed and wanted. Mm-hmm. I think cl- very clear expectations of what you need and want, th- they're vital. And yeah, because over if, those, t- if those, if that person cares about you, they're, they're going to say yeah. They're going to see that sure. that's what you need and that you deserve it, and they're going to give it to you. Um, but it sometimes isn't acted upon. Like you're not always like. I mean, a lot of times you do say, "Go take some time for yourself." Uh, and then you say, "And no. then I feel guilty." What am I going to do? <laughs> I know. I, said, I, mean, I don't know. Not this. <laughs> I mean, usually let's let's be fair, and usually that's during a time of like chaos, mayhem in our yeah. house where the kids are not acting. Well, so I feel bad leaving you in that situation, but even, but even, even you, that, if, let's be let's be also be vulnerable and real. You and I have had many conversations around the fact that if the four of us are not all present in those moments, it's a, it's it tends better. to be much yeah. better. It tends to be much more easily managed and less frequent that that stuff happens it just does for whatever reason the dynamics of our family when all four of us are together i think it's it's just a kid parent thing yeah it must be but i mean i I would imagine so it's 
yeah, you have to you have to ask for it. And I think beyond that communication piece, and whether it's a spouse or a friend or a roommate or a family member, it doesn't matter. Oftentimes we'll slip into these patterns of behavior. We create our own little stories and narratives in our mind about what the other person's thinking or why they are or are not doing something that you mm-hmm. want them to do or don't want them to do. Mm-hmm. And we just keep telling ourselves that. We don't actually say anything to them. And they've never said anything to us. Correct. So no one knows. We're just, we're all playing this game and no one's talked about the rules ahead of time. So, you know, we we think everyone's cheating in the game. They're like, they're not playing by the rules, but we never discuss what the rules are. So we're all just making them up. Right. right? And it seems weird, especially if you've been in, in that relationship for a long time. You know, maybe it's a sibling. Like I think about, about my sister, you and I have talked about it before. She lives a very different life than we do and has lived a very different life than we have so there's things that you and i have cultivated as as a couple that are that almost go without saying so kind of contradictory to what i'm saying here in terms of communication but there's certain things that we just do and and that's a great thing to build toward as time goes by and you also have to recognize when people don't have those same experiences they don't recognize the same thing right. and my sister's a perfect example she will be insanely helpful if you ask her to do it if you make the assumption that she'll just notice something that you or i would notice or do and will then take care of it doesn't always there's, happen yeah there's a there's a 50 50 chance it happens right right because it's not something well that, and it's unfair to get upset because you didn't have that conversation. Exactly. It's not something they're used to. And yeah. we've talked about that. We've said, you know, if there's something that we need from from my sister, just tell her. Right. Just ask her. Or something we need her not to do, just ask her. Right. And she's, uh, like you said, she loves us. We love her. She's like, okay. Right. <laughs> it's, it's not, we we create this, this idea or this story that it's going to be so much more conflict-driven yeah. than it actually is. And most people... It's not to say that it's ne- you're never going to create conflict if you go and talk to a coworker about something you need them to do. Maybe they're having a shitty day. Maybe they're not used to open communication. Whatever the case may be, there's going to be times where conflict will arise because yeah. you brought something up and communicated what you needed, right? However, the vast majority of the time, there won't be. Yeah. There really won't be most of the time. You know, and so when it comes to taking care of yourself and needing that, you have to explain what it means to the other person. You have to explain what it means to yourself. Agreed. Saying things out loud and writing things down are transformative for your thoughts. Yeah. It's not the same to just sit and ruminate and and think think about about something. And trust me, I'm the fucking king of rumination on shit. I'll just be in my head for days at a time if you let me. And, and and this is, again, going back to recognizing some of the challenges with, with self-care and with taking care of yourself that our friends and our family and our clients that they experience, we recognize it because we have it too. I understand how valuable journaling and meditation is for me, and I'll also not do it. Sometimes for months at a time, since it mm-hmm. became a practice in my life about six or so years ago, six, yeah. six and a half years ago, there's been times where I haven't done it for months. I understand fasting, not, not dogmatic, just general kind of intermittent fasting, somewhere between 14 
to 16 hours a day makes me feel good. And then I also don't do it sometimes. I just turn my, my little Zero app back on, and I looked at it and it said 47 days since your last fast. I was like, holy shit. I haven't, now, that doesn't mean I haven't fasted in 47 days, but I haven't, tracked it I haven't brought awareness and intention sure. to it. And the less that I do, the more frequently I create this story of like, oh, yeah, you're pretty much fasting. And then I think about the last few days, I'm like, or you're eating pancakes every morning with the girls at 7 a.m. after eating fucking chocolate with Melissa at 9 p.m. last night. Uh, I watched you eat chocolate. I fucking crushed some chocolate last night, guys. Inside scoop. Ate some chocolate. Um, <laughs> no, but it, we there's all these stories that we tell. So saying it out loud, it even yeah. helps yourself beyond helping to communicate with the other person right. that's playing a role in your self-care, whether it's because you're asking them for accountability and support you're asking them to give you some space to do it right. by watching the kids or whatever yeah you're asking them to take over a certain responsibility so that you can have that uh, it's the more we can exercise this muscle of, of awareness and intention around all of these things you'll start to recognize all these areas where you can say oh why don't i just ask my husband or wife for this thing or oh why don't i turn this show off because i normally try to go to bed by 9 30 the show just ended, and it's 8.40, but it's an hour and a half. You know, the next episode's right. an hour and a half. I know that's going to push me past my preferred bedtime. Yep. Let's go, whatever, paint my nails, take a shower, like relax, chill out. Right. And, and you can start to make these choices as you start to see the availability of those choices. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I, I just, I don't, I know we harp on it. And I just want to keep bringing it back to pay attention and be aware. And I know what fired you up about this topic was this I this idea of I don't have time, and and just and and by yeah. proxy, I don't matter as much as X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. And, and yeah. I don't think people are getting to that second statement. At yeah. least not they're not verbalizing it. Right. Right. They're right. they're just saying no. They're telling themselves a story of I don't have time, yeah. and then that story becomes true because all you see is the ways that you don't have time. Right. And so it becomes and, a self fulfilling prophecy. Mm -hmm. And understanding that it might, like you said, it might be a little bit of work in the beginning, depending on where you're starting. It will be. Yes. Don't let's don't sugarcoat it. It will be some work. If you, to your point, if you've let yourself gain fifty pounds in the last year during the pandemic, hey. I guess you get to go to the front of the line for the fucking vaccine. That's a whole nother thing. Um, but that hole is going to be a lot harder to dig yourself out mm -hmm. of than if you had just worked to maintain and not gain anything. Or maybe only you gain 10 pounds or whatever the case may be. There is work that's going to be applied sure. if, you've, if you've neglected these areas and now you're deciding to focus on them again. It will require effort. It's not maybe it will require effort. It absolutely will. However... It won't necessarily require monumental effort. No, and the more you do it, I think this is the missing piece for a lot of people, is that eventually these habits start to work for you. So yeah. they make your life more efficient, more enjoyable. More, more energy. Optimal, more, yeah. yeah. So, you know, you just need to give it some time to get to that point. Um, yeah, you and gave that's it 20 years to get away from it. Let's give it at least a couple months to get towards yeah, it. three, four months. Um, yeah, I think... That that's a huge piece for people is that they don't they don't want to put the initial work in, and they don't see the end vision where these things are actually working for them. 
Yeah. And I don't even know if it's they don't want, that, that we don't want to put the initial work in. And I say we because it's me, too, <laughs> and you. Um, I don't know if it's that we don't want to put the initial work in. It's that, going back to the trusting, we don't know. It, like, people come out of the gate hot with habits, hot, right? Yeah. We want to put the initial work in. We just want results We don't much understand how long the commitment will take. Mm-hmm. And we're impatient. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a, I am a fucking impatient motherfucker. I want, if I have an idea, I want it done tomorrow in my own life. And not just like work-related stuff, just in my own head. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm so impatient and I recognize that. So I, I've been practicing being more patient for a long time. And, and that is, I think we, we lack patience and compassion with ourselves in building these habits and taking the time to care for our, our own well-being and to, to create those self-care practices, whatever they might mm-hmm. be for you. So any, what, what would be your parting words, some last, just a couple of tips, some things that let's just start here with self-care. It does, remind yourself it doesn't have to be indulgent. So it doesn't have to be something that's this big, grandiose thing. So finding little things in your everyday life that you can just do more often. Mm -hmm. Drink that hot cup of tea and watch the sunrise. Spend some time sitting back and not interacting with your kids, but watching them maybe play outside. Um, Things The sunrise is a huge one for me. Like just stopping and looking out the window. Take a picture if you want. Don't take a picture. Whatever. But, you know, just recognizing and, and... and for me, that just like instantly energizes me, even if I'm not outside. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've been doing my meditations, looking out looking the window outside, into yeah. the sunrise. Yeah, really I mean, nice. like just noticing. I, I mean, I, I love nature. I love. I mean, spring is coming up, so like stopping and looking at the flowers that are growing, just little things that just can literally like put drops in your bucket. Yeah. Throughout the day, um, ask for help. I think is a huge one. And don't feel bad about it. Um, Walking away with that this is not a selfish thing. This is a, like you said, it is a must do. And you are not a bad mom or a bad whatever for taking some time during the day for yourself. And in the opposite, you are a better person for doing those things. Um, You know, those are the biggest things that I want people to walk away with. That it doesn't need to look a certain way. And it doesn't need to cost a lot of time or, or money or energy. Um, there are little things that you can just consistently do that just add up, yeah. right? Um, I think what we talked about with, you know, being, being um, aware is huge. And then when you're adding things in, just doing those small things, pick something. Pick something, prove that you can do it to yourself, and then keep doing it. Yeah. And see how that thing's just kind of waterfalls into bigger things. Yeah. Build that momentum. Yeah. Build that trust with yourself. Yeah. Like you mentioned before, that's yeah. a huge one. It's a really huge one. Um, I, I love that. So as you guys are, are, as we're finishing up this episode, when you guys leave today, I would love for everyone to just take a couple of moments and see if you can find one area in your life that you would like to shift or change in terms of your own personal health and wellness, whether that's physical, 
cognitive, psychological, emotional, spiritual, health, whatever the case may be, just pick one thing, bring some awareness to what it looks like right now, and then set some intention around what it could look like and what those first, what the first really easy steps are, and then commit the fuck to it and do it every day. Whatever that little thing is, whatever your one glass of water every morning is, commit to it for the next 30 days and let us know. Yeah, jump shoot on, us, shoot jump us on message, Instagram. Yeah. Let us know. Uh, shoot us a DM. Let us know what you chose, and uh, and then stick to it for thirty days, and let us know how it's shifted for you. How it's shifted your life. That'd be that. really cool. Um, awesome, Melissa. Thank you so much uh, to all of you listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please jump on and give us the uh, the review. Give us a little five-star review, leave a comment. Uh, We like to see those things and it it helps us to know that we're reaching you. It helps us to know that we're providing something valuable to you. And as always, reach out if there's any questions or concerns or topics or guests that you'd like to hear from and we will be sure to address those. All right, everyone. Until next time, this is our human experience. Thank you again for listening. We truly appreciate it. Please share this episode, subscribe, and leave a review. Your support and feedback allows us to grow together, creating a better experience for us all. And that is the ultimate purpose of our human experience.